If no one sheds light on what is being done in the darkness, it will never stop. One in three girls and one in six boys are sexually abused and told to hush. Breaking the silence is the first step to healing. Healing is a lifelong journey. Find your voice. Your story matters. Pain put me into hiding. Purpose called me out. May the silence be broken. Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien and now Nicole Braddock Bromley. Today, our special guest is the one and only Cindy Stiverson. <laughs> yes. Also known as my mom. <laughs> Me mama. Mi madre. Mi madre. And my mother. Um, yeah, mom, you were on our podcast at the beginning, actually, probably within the first 10 podcasts mm-hmm. we put yeah, out. Early on. Yep. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of our most popular podcasts, it was titled A Mom's Right Response. And I think that it was so popular because that's what so many of the survivors that we love and who are listening today have craved in their lives is the mom that would respond right. And, and you did that. And I think even for those who didn't have a mom like that, it is, it it feels good to know that there are moms out there who do that. And, um, and it's, it's just nice to hear that, especially in this day and age when so many are not believed Mm -hmm. or not supported or, um, you know, they're going through life feeling blamed for their abuse from a parent or, or just being hushed by it. And so, um, just really grateful for that podcast that you did and for what you have done in my life, obviously, um, has led me to be able to find my voice and to even be at this point where Mary and I can be doing a podcast mm-hmm. and to talk about all the hard things about going through the healing journey. But I wanted to go a little deeper with you, Mom, because you just released a book. And you, yeah, and you have been, (laughs) you've had this book in your heart for years and years. And so really excited to be able to talk about your book. It's called Woven. And this book really came out of our journey, wouldn't you say? Um, Mm -hmm. After, you know, on, on your side of healing and those kinds of things, you needed relationships with women that were authentic, where you could just get real remove the mask, sit down with women, um, to know that you're not alone and to be able to have an environment and a community where you were safe to talk about the things that you were struggling with and, and through that to be able to find your own purpose. And, um, so could you talk a little bit about that, just how the book came about and then we'll dig a little deeper into what it actually is. It, um, really began with my just being so tired of going to church on Sunday or going, being around women and having just the two sentence conversation. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. And that's it, you know, Mm -hmm. and the other person responds, I'm fine too. How are you? Mm -hmm. You look great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's all surfacy and, you know, putting on the mask and that I was just so tired of it. I wanted to real friendship. I didn't want to go to a mother-daughter tea and and sit around a table and the people that already know each other are talking and communicating, but they leave out the people that are new or, or different mm. or whatever. So it's a, a, my need for friendship that was authentic and, 
and to just really say, I'm not okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not fine today, you know. So, mm. um, and I think we all, we all long for that as yeah. women. We want real friendships. We want friendships that are trustworthy and authentic. And mm. um, so I've actually, um, my subtitles of my book really are descriptive of the journey. And it's an ever-evolving transformation that takes place. And so what happened was that I, I, I just started praying. I prayed for friendships. I prayed for a way to do women's ministry that would really work towards that relationship and authenticity. And so as I prayed, uh, God began to give me a plan, and it was to start a small group that met in homes, not at church, so we don't have to put our church mask on. We can be real. And just um, I couldn't find anything that matched my vision. So I started writing my own curriculum, which was just really a guided discussion, starting with Scripture, starting with everybody um, answering a question that is easy to answer and and just tells us a little bit, bit about each other. And then from there, moving into Scripture and the topic for the evening and around that scripture we begin to ask questions and and discuss that passage and and from that um, it opens up hearts and by the end we are praying together and um, as we journey together we have the, the trust level to begin to share some of the worst things in our life so and so then when we discover that we're not the only one that had this experience, mm-hmm. then it's just so affirming in our spirit. And, and it's the bond that, you know, is not broken. Right, right. So, yeah, so we can, it's a, an opportunity to take off the mask. And mm-hmm. that's the first um, subtitle, the first step, really, removing masks. And, you know, the mask is really just to hide our hurt and pain. And, and to just want to be normal, like we want to be seen as, as normal or as everybody else. We want to see, we want to present ourselves as, yes, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? You know, <laughs> are you fine too? So uh, it's a way to remove the mask. And it's, a, and it's in a, in a um, setting that is safe. Mm. And really it's about the leader um, the leader has to be a safe person, a person that is willing to take off her mask. Mm-hmm. And um, so my book is, is geared toward the person, but it's also geared toward the group. So it can be used to launch a w- women's ministry. Mm-hmm. It can be used to launch just a small group. Um, or you can take the book and um, you can just start a little group together, reading the book and doing the book together. Mm-hmm. Um, you have personal applications for yourself, and then that will move you toward really shaping your story. And what it's all about is really 20 years of ministry. I started the ministry 20 years ago, and even though I was in ministry at 20 years ago, I was not a healed heart, honestly. And so God has used this ministry of woven for me. <laughs> For me to grow and to learn and to to be healed, and in my as I'm 
being healed by God, then I'm pulling others along with me on the journey of healing. And so this book is really a summation of how God transformed my life mm-hmm. and um, made me whole. And Yeah, and the fact that um, community, you know, healing authentic community of women was very critical to bringing you to a deeper place of healing, right? Exactly, mm-hmm. right. That safe place where you can just kind of mm-hmm. be yourself and talk about your struggles and then have the support to walk through whatever God wants mm-hmm. to bring you. Mm-hmm. Yes, and God gave me, you know, I pray through every single lesson I've ever written, and um, the Holy Spirit is really who is the one leading it because as I ask these questions through the journey of that evening, then it just slowly opens the hearts. It's just like I just see a beautiful rose, just a petal at a time opening up, opening up and feeling safer and feeling like it's okay to share Mm -hmm. what's behind my mask. And when we start sharing and taking off the mask, then we can reclaim our true identity. We can take off the false self and put on the true self. So um, we don't have to be this fake person anymore. We discovered that, wow, you know, I just shared something really personal to me that I thought I would never talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, we have all these, we call them skeletons in the closet, but for me, I've been realizing lately that it's not really a skeleton, it's a word. For me, it's a word. And, mm-hmm. and when I get bold enough and brave enough to speak that word mm-hmm. out, and it can be, you know, one of mine was child of an alcoholic. You know, that was something that brought me shame. I had to put a mask on because I didn't want anybody to know. I could not speak that word. I could not take that label on. So once I spoke about it in public, then... That had no power over me anymore. And then childhood sexual abuse. Once I spoke it in public, Mm -hmm. it had no more. It released its power. Mm -hmm. So Satan couldn't hold that over me anymore. Yeah. So I could reclaim my identity. I like what you talk about, too, because I think a lot of people listening would like to say that they have those relationships, but they don't, and they don't even know where to get them. But... I like how you kind of bring it down a level when you talk about to have a friend is to be a friend. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, you were in second grade, of course. There was this poster on the wall, and I saw it. And uh, there were so many posters, but it stood out to me. To have a friend is to be a friend. And at that time, as a mom in, in a very controlling, manipulative relationship, very isolated, I knew that I needed a friend. And I had been praying for a friend. I just felt so alone in life. And Mm -hmm. when I saw that, it really hit me that it was my responsibility. If I wanted to have a friend, I had to be a friend. So it put the responsibility on me. And so I had to think about what what would I want in a friend? What does it look like to me to have a friend? What kind of a friend? What would she do for me? What how could I how could I be a friend? And so I realized that what I wanted from others is what I had to be to them. So I I started being a friend. And through that, I developed friendships Mm -hmm. uh, with other moms and 
and different people. So that's really good because a lot of times, you know, and I don't want to put anyone down, but there's so many times I'll meet survivors and they'll just say they just don't have friends that they can talk to about Mm -hmm. things. And, you know, that's that breaks my heart. But I also think sometimes you just have to instead of feeling bad about the fact that you don't have anyone around you, then maybe you just go and be that person to somebody else. And that I think that's served me well over the years, even like just being willing to be a servant to someone you know, or love them mm-hmm. even when you're hurting. And um, right. just to look beyond your own pain and your own needs sometimes and instead of waiting for someone to come knock on your door and serve you and, and fix mm-hmm. everything, that maybe you just go to them and you, you be a friend to somebody else. And I think that can actually light a fire in a friendship that can be long-lasting and can become something that, you have to actually step outside of your door in order to find it. It's not going to just right. come to you. And that's really stepping into your healing because as victims, we want we want somebody to come to us. We don't, we're timid like in relationships. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, to be a friend is not our first instinct. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, yeah, and we don't so trust anybody. No, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So... So once we step out and and embrace the other person, mm-hmm. you know that that's empowering us. That's important, mm-hmm. and it's using your yeah. gifts. Yeah, yeah, and that can feel good. That can feel empowering. Just that movement of taking off the mask, and then when we in, in a group setting, especially, I think that um, or with other women, is how we really reclaim our identity because we find ourselves in other people. We help each other discover who we are mm-hmm. through the relationship. That's and true. When I think even about hush, you know, like just being mm-hmm. able to speak out lies to another human yeah. being is so much mm-hmm. more powerful than just journaling them or just praying through them. We need another human yes. being in flesh and blood to be able to speak truth back to us. And that's part exactly. of reclaiming your identity. It's, it's replacing mm-hmm. the lies with truth over, you know, how the abuse has affected mm-hmm. you, um, what you believe about yourself or whatever. So I think that there's so much truth to that. Right. And then, uh, you know, when you're moving into just restoring relationships. So, you know, you've had all these broken relationships because of your wounds. And now you can restore those relationships. It's a, a process of just the circle that you have around you helps to restore you back in relationship with other women, but also with God. I feel like, mm. you know, that it brings us closer to God when we're, when we're taking a journey together toward him. Mm-hmm. Well, and as human beings, we're designed to connect. Mm. I mean, that's how right. we are wired in our brains and in our hearts. And, you know, like you said, the, the journey is so much richer when you're doing it with other people. Um, and mm-hmm. not only learning stuff about them and helping them hear truth and, and to move forward in their journey, but also for yourself that you're just pulling out these little nuggets that heal your heart and yeah. let you kind of look in the mirror and, and find out stuff about yourself. And sometimes it's really tough stuff. Nicole said some hard things to me about myself that I needed to hear. And I've had to say some hard things uh, to yeah. you sometimes. Or daily. <laughs> 
but I'll well, take it. It takes you to another level. To have a friend is to be a friend. To have a friend is to be a friend. <laughs> but it takes you to another level, and that's where you can go, okay, right. the, the valleys and, you know, the, the highs and lows are all worth it. Um, you know, when you can see the big yeah. picture of what God has in store for the relationship and that connecting point. Gosh, yeah. Right. Speaking the truth in love, Nicole. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, I've seen that so much and just my friendship with Mary is being yeah. able to be so authentic to myself in a way that it mm-hmm. feels so vulnerable. Um, but trusting somebody to be able to do that and mm-hmm. then, you know, that she can call things out in me or, or call me to maybe even stand up for myself in a way that I wouldn't have before or whatever, like just through yeah. the these years of being so close to you and being willing to be vulnerable and transparent, mm-hmm. I think has grown me so mm-hmm. much. Like I was just thinking about that in my drive in here and honestly, just really grateful for a relationship like that. And, but it's taken, mm-hmm. it's taken being willing to go there and to trust someone else, mm-hmm. even with your vulnerabilities, but then, the other person being willing to say the hard things and know that that's okay because you have, you know, mm-hmm. an established trust. And, and it takes time. It uh-huh. takes a lot of time to yeah. build that and grow that, especially it for does. us survivors. Yeah. yeah. You know, because your wall is so high. It's like, no one's getting in. Exactly. You know, and just to slowly chip away at that. And, yeah. Because um, yeah. I could look at myself you know, go back in time and I can definitely see how I could have lived the rest of my life just constantly building walls up around myself mm-hmm. and where I would be today if I had done that and not allowed myself to trust or be real with people or have deep friendships. Like I I would have really, right. I what is it? Something yourself short. Selling yourself yes. short? Yeah. I was going to say missed out, but I didn't want to brag about myself. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. No, but you really it's do. True. Yeah, you miss out on yeah. those things that God wants you to experience yeah. just because of our wounds that, yeah. you know, the lies that hold us back. And I wouldn't feel as whole as I do today if I hadn't allowed myself that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's true. And uh, just thinking about how I prayed and prayed for friendships with women. Mm. And, it, and I see it in several, several different stages of my life. You know, it was when you were in second grade, when you were going into high school, uh, when I was going to college and you were going to high school at the same time. And then, um, you know, when I remarried, that prayer has been answered exponentially Mm -hmm. because I, through Woven, through the vision of Woven, Mm -hmm. God has given me so many friends. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean unbelievable amount of friends yeah mm-hmm. uh, but and it's taking here. you taking that step to create those little communities and inviting right. women into spaces right yeah because i was gonna yeah. say how is it how do you feel it, it it looks like to create safe space for women to share because not anyone can just open up their home serve some little snacks and tea and you know and then share their uh-huh. their testimony and then all of a sudden all these women trust them to be able to spill all their stuff too it doesn't just happen so what do you think you know are, are some of the key characteristics of creating that safe place um to create that community and that deep friendship well i think first of all you have to have been working on your own story okay so that's what the book is all about is i share my story mm-hmm. of other women sharing their stories mm-hmm. And I share stories of women in the Bible 
And then I offer you the opportunity to work on your story. Mm -hmm. So you're working on your story by reading all these other stories and how does your story connect to our stories? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's a really important thing. I feel like, um, I really feel like the, the main part of the book is for developing a leader. <clears throat> and I want to talk about the leadership part later, but, um, and you know, you, everybody has a different personality. So what you're good at or how you entertain women or bring them alongside you, it's going to be different. But the main thing is you're working on your story. You're shaping your story. You know your story, and you're moving forward in your story in this dynamic of transformation um, and healing. You're, you're really looking candidly at your own life and story and, and working that out with God. And in the back of the book, then there's also just a whole leader section where you can the manuscript is already written to start a group. You mm. can just sit down with one other person, three other people, 10 people mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and just go through the lesson together. Yeah. You just answer the questions. It's so simple yeah. and it's all written out. They just need to, you know, the leader should read it several times. So it's not head knowledge or head just reading, but it actually sinks into their own heart and they're experiencing that lesson before they, take it to the next level of including other people. So, mm-hmm. and I think that she just has to be very real and open with her own life. And that's really what relationship is about mm-hmm. is opening your heart, your home, yourself mm-hmm. to engage with others. Yeah. It's what, it's that's what we're called to do. <laughs> carving out the time to really make that happen. And yeah. this book really makes it easy to just walk through. Right. I mean, basically anyone listening could gather two or three other women around them and go through this book mm-hmm. and, and, and do the studies yeah. and, and work through it themselves. So, yeah. Yeah, they don't have to have a, you know, they don't have to be the best cook or they don't have to do anything. <laughs> but just but um, if you are, real. you'll have more real. friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you have a cute little breakfast nook and invite <laughs> people over and pick oh, an omelet with all those <laughs> all that healthy food and snacks and yeah but um so yeah so then what happens is when we start to work on our story then we are reinventing leadership and that's really what woven does it reinvents leadership because we think of leaders you know you have to be somebody you have to be this or that you have to be a white man <laughs> yeah <laughs> white man <laughs> okay that's a different podcast <laughs> Um, Well, I think sometimes that we come up with these misconceptions of you have to fit this certain mold to be a quote leader. And like, there has to be this, mm -hmm. this just level of requirements that you meet, that there's just something in you that automatically gives you the green light to be a leader. It's like, no, anybody can be a leader, right? You know, Mm -hmm. and and listening to what you're being called to do and where God's moving and working. And um, so I think it's good that you're empowering other women to rise up as well. Yeah, not to believe the lies that maybe their story holds them back. Right. And the thing is that it doesn't matter what level you are of knowing God's word or what level you are of being healed. Um, there's always someone ahead of you. There's always someone behind yeah. you. Yeah. So there's always someone that can lead you. And there's always 
there are always women who need led by you because mm-hmm. you're ahead of them. So, um, you know, none of us are really exempt unless we're just very, very broken and in the beginning stage, but you know, you're not ready to be a leader at that point. But so it's working on those wounds and, and in doing so, um, you know, like at a conference I was just at a few weeks ago, I, I was sharing all of this and about reinventing leadership and I had them write down like my worst thing. What is my worst thing Mm -hmm. that's ever happened to me that I've ever done? And then um, my point of passion, what is it that just grabs your heart? Like, Oh my word, I got to do something about this, you know? And it really comes out of your worst thing. And then from that, what is your perceived purpose? How will you, how are you supposed to carry it into a purpose? And that's, to me, that's reinventing leadership. It's when you're working through that worst thing and now it's becoming a passion. And then um, the next thing you you know, it's becoming your purpose. It's the very purpose that God, God had for us. So mm-hmm. it's taking that horrible thing in your life And now God is transforming you from the inside out. And now you can use it to transform others and to to bring them along in the journey. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful process that happens. And I think really, Nicole, your story is the perfect example. My story is the perfect example. Mary, your story is the perfect example Mm -hmm. because it is really, we're just, we're just operating out of our healing from our wound. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's created this incredible journey that is pulling so many others along thousands. <laughs> we have thousands behind us coming alongside, you know, yeah. and even, even in Africa, I mean, I have thousands and thousands of women there that because of my story, they're being empowered to do life together and to even raise an income together. And it's a beautiful thing. And that takes us to reaching the world. Well, I think sometimes too, we're so intimidated by what is your calling that we're paralyzed with fear for so long because you don't even know how to put the first step forward. And this is the weirdest analogy, but a story we shared on the air recently about a woman who was born three and a half months early and she was a preemie born at a pound. She had a 5% chance of living. She is a woman now, a grown adult, and she actually serves at that NICU now that kept her alive and saved her life. And, you know, and I know that's Mm -hmm. so different than us talking about our healing journeys from sexual abuse, but you're, you're, that's her story. Yeah, yeah, your purpose is within your, you don't have to do so much work yeah. to, sure, there's sometimes purpose outside of your journey, but a lot of times it's right within what you've already walked. Yeah. So you Absolutely. just have to look in the mirror and figure out, oh, wow, that's already in me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is already stuff I know yeah. and I can relate to exactly. and I can tap into instead of making it so hard to leave us mm-hmm. feeling, you know, paralyzed and mm-hmm. not even doing anything. Yeah. That wound, that, that hurt, it's something God allowed because it's, it's part of our purpose. I really believe that. But you could also look at it as because it happened, God wants to use it for something good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's really the exchange, you know, is for something horrible to become something beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I swear he's done it in my life so big. And, you know, how can I not 
use it? How can I not move forward with it? How can I not share it? And I know that's the same for for both of you. Yeah, definitely. I think that is really what drives me and Mm -hmm. what continues to fill me with passion. I mean, I could be tired of talking about horrible things Mm -hmm. by now. 16 years of this is is a long time, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it's passion because it's my story. It's out of my pain that my purpose comes. So, you know, we keep talking about it. We keep doing this thing because God is in it and he's in it because... You know, that's the calling on my life. Right. There are a lot of people that need to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Cindy, there's so much good stuff packed in your book. Maybe one little section that sticks out to you that's very powerful. Would you mind reading that? What if you hold the key to set others free? What if removing your mask of pain and shame is the very thing God can use to bring freedom to another person or even to nations? My quest is to help you celebrate the incredible uniqueness of you so you can then embrace the uniqueness of each person God puts in your path. This requires compassion to actually look people in the eye, consider the history behind their faces, listen to their stories, and recognize the God-given passion and purpose waiting to be birthed in them. It is to believe every human being is loved by God. Every person is your neighbor. It's obedience to the command Jesus has given us to love your neighbor as yourself. How can we follow the commands of Christ if we never get beyond first impressions? If we are all hiding behind our insecurities, our comfortable masks, how can we love each other if we loathe ourselves? Most of us wait to be invited, to be pursued, waiting for friends to come to us. But God says to have a friend is to be a friend. Mm. Coming in hot. <laughs> so in sharing Sorry. that, what was on your heart and in your, your mind as you were kind of putting that together and processing that? It's really that we so much want to look at people from the surface. Mm-hmm. And we look at them thinking, um, we see what their current situation is. And a lot of times it's broken and it's messed up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that God wants us to look behind the mask and we need to realize that there's a past mm. that's affecting the present situation. And then we also have to look at them as a future mm-hmm. and that they have, that God has this unique purpose for them that, you know, it's a one of a kind, nobody else can fill that purpose. And so we, we look at them three-dimensionally Instead of just surfacey, instead of looking at the mask, we look behind it. We look ahead of it, mm-hmm. and we see that, you know, we see them the way God sees them. He sees them with love, and He sees them with a unique person, personality, and and a definite divine purpose mm. that He created them for. So then we help point them to that purpose. When I think, especially as survivors of abuse that, you know, Nicole, you talk about this a lot, just feeling damaged. And it's like, well, there's my shot at life. That's like how I felt for a long Mm -hmm. time and not even realizing that, oh, a God is a God of second chances. And like my life was really crummy for those years and trying to wrestle Mm -hmm. all that out. But that there's still something waiting for me that I get to, you know, grasp hold of and run with it. Mm -hmm. That God allows that and gives us, you know. The ability to do that is just insane. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I also like yeah. what you were saying, Mom, too. And I'm picturing, you know, women gathering together and going through this book called Woven and, and hearing the stories. And sometimes it's not so much about finding a place for your story to be shared, but it's about being in a community where you're hearing the stories of other people that don't look like you and mm-hmm. oh yeah and understanding mm-hmm. um you know a different background or you yeah. know i think of our our last podcast with Connie Anderson about crossing lines and just rubbing shoulders with you know different people than you and mm-hmm. understanding them more. So when you're only with people that look like you, talk like you, you know, yeah. eat like you, <laughs> it's, it gets old and boring and you and you forget that there's people yeah. out there that have struggles that are different than yours and that that's a real thing and that Jesus is with yeah. them too. It's mm-hmm. not just about you sharing your story. It's about hearing the other stories and how does that affect you? Because God will use those moments and will use other people's stories to break you down and to help you to see people for who they are and to see past their struggle to their real heart, to their flesh, to their blood, and and to know that they too have purpose, even though they're not living a life like you. Right. And I actually, many times I've pulled together a, my own small group for Woven and I choose all these diverse women, and they're women that have crossed my path that just are unique, and I just feel like Mama Bear. I want to bring that one in. I want to mentor her. I want to do something, you know. And so I've had women from different countries, different backgrounds, and it's a beautiful thing. And I, I really think it's bigger than just sharing our stories, and it's sharing God's story and applying that to our life and our story. So, mm-hmm. you know, the topic of, of the, of the lessons in this particular book, is called free to be you and me. And it's about us claiming our freedom in Christ and in freedom from our past. Yeah. What you said, I, I love because I've, I've had such diverse groups mm-hmm. and um, it's a beautiful thing to, do exactly that and feel like you're helping people move forward mm-hmm. but when we come together all all of the walls come down and and we are all we're all just one you know we're all just women that need God and we need friendship <laughs> and right. so it's, it's a beautiful thing that, how God works well yeah and it I think it can open your eyes too a lot of in a lot of ways like you could be a leader Mm -hmm. in the situation like that and think that you have all the answers but then someone can come in and share a story that can really convict you of maybe a judgment you've had against a certain type of a person you know Mm -hmm. or a certain type of a a background that they're bringing in and and that you can see them for someone who's gone through something hard and now how can we meet them where they're at and love them and see christ in them so I, I think that just gathering together as a group of women, and honestly, I think men can benefit from something like this too. But Absolutely. for now, we're talking about just <laughs> women gathering, I think it's just such a beautiful thing that so much can come out of it, so much healing, so much growth, um, just the support that women need especially. Um, I've seen it mm-hmm. just work wonders in your life. I just love that you have all these amazing women around you and um, – that you can lean on, that lean on you. It's just, um, it's just beautiful. Yeah, it is. Um, I think that 
you know, the part of that journey too is that even though I write the material, um, like the women, when they start, when we start discussing scripture and that, like they bring in perspectives that I would never dream of or never see. And everybody brings in different angles and different Mm -hmm. views. It's so beautiful how they apply it differently. Just Mm. how we're all made so uniquely. So. Well, yeah. just different interpretations, we, you know, whether it's it reading. broadens our, yeah. Yeah. It Go just ahead. broadens everything and just different interpretations of, you know, your book or people's journeys or reading God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how we yeah. grow. It's like hearing mm-hmm. other stories and bouncing things off each other. And, oh, I never even looked mm-hmm. at it that way. And, yeah. you know, it's not right. as hard as we make it if we are just intentional and gather together and, and you know, make the conversations mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just brings it all back down to finding your voice. Mm -hmm. I mean, because when we're Mm -hmm. able to just find our voice and share our stories with one another, that's where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we're still silent, it causes all kinds of problems. But finding your voice and and gathering together with others who've gone through something similar, that's where the magic happens. So. This is great, right. Mom. I'm really excited about your book, and I do hope that a lot of churches would adopt this book for their women's ministry. I think it could just do wonders in the life of a church and in the life of specific women, and you know, independently. Yeah. But um, and then for anyone who's listening today that might want to start their own group, where can they find out more information about you and your book? Uh, they can go on my website, wearewovenwomen.com. And the book is available on Amazon, Barnes and & Noble, and okay. uh, that. But, you know, I can I can sign it for you and even give you a, a bit of a discount. So if you shop with me, that would be awesome. Okay, so wearewovenwomen.com. Correct. And uh, also available to come and do conferences or leadership training, whatever however we can be used by God for you. We'd love to come and and meet you in person. So, Well, thank you, Mom. It's been fun chatting with you again. Thanks for joining us for round two of the (laughs) One Voice podcast. (laughs) Thank you. You're such a dork, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Cindy, you're an angel (laughs) for raising this child. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) See what I'm dealing with? Oh, and she's <laughs> even sick. She's still did the podcast and she's sick. Well, so are you. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. both of you and your sniffles. We're all sick. What are you talking about? We're all sick. I'm sick in the, head. the only healthy one. I'm like, get away. <laughs> oh. How did you stand up strong? That's not fair. I know. I eat a lot of tangerines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm serious. Around this time of year, I'm popping those bad boys. That's hilarious. Left and right. <laughs> tangerines. Oh, Clementines, wow. whatever. They're all the same. All right, Mom. Thank there you. Goes. I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> okay. Love you. Love Thank you. you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, write a review if you heard something you liked, even invite others to listen so we can be on this healing journey together. You can check us out on Facebook or go to IamOneVoice.org.